On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. there i'm Brittany, and i'm katie and this it's the grindhouse girl podcast Yay! Yay! season four oh my god time is flying time is like we're we're slowly sliding into your dms this season with a sidetracks episode to play a little winter vacay catch-up what's up what's up how are you brett how you doing how you doing Uh, it has been a crazy and exhausting last couple of weeks, but I am yes. making it. I am I'm you making are. it. How are you, Katie? What have you been up to? I am good. I'm pretty good. Let's see. We had a holiday show at the theater. Britt and my parents and my friend Kat and Britt's husband Taylor came to a drag show with me. And I didn't realize it was everybody's first drag show. I knew it was my parents and my friend Kat's. I didn't realize it was Brittany and Taylor's first drag show. Baby's first drag! Everyone was great. Everybody tipped the drag queens. And you're supposed to tip the drag queens. Well, Taylor got nervous, so made me tip the drag queens. Yeah, my my dad also was like, my mom was like, my mom got really nervous, but she did tip. Yeah. Like, she didn't have that many singles on her, so she was like, but she made sure to tip one of my friends because it was only, like, their third time doing drag. And I was like, that's my friend. Tip yeah. them. And she was like, okay. I gave a dollar for every performance, so I was like. <laughs> I did, too. Yeah. That's what I was like. I just need enough singles to give everybody a dollar for each performance. And I had exactly the right amount of singles. And I was like, I didn't even plan that. I don't know how that happened, but that's good. Um, but that was fun. I had my birthday, and that was really fun. Brittany got me a Gremlins ornament. Yeah. And, and got herself a matching one. So now we both have the – it's the caroling ones. It was apparently new this year. And um, I – you know what? I meant to watch a ton of movies that I needed to watch. But I was so busy over the holidays. I only got to watch a few so I still need to watch everything everywhere all at once. Okay, and this is my uh so I did have this prepared so this is a little bit my show to, my my showdown, my uh call out. So everything everywhere all at once is playing on Showtime right now. Yes, yes, yeah. so it's finally streaming. And so but and I meant to watch it over the holidays and I did. Maybe I'll watch it this week. I might watch this weekend cuz I have plans to watch movies with a friend. So I might get to watch it. You better have you watched um, the Banshees of Insurance yet? Inch- that's the other one I need to watch. Though. Oh, so I need good! To watch Banshees. Yes. I need to watch everything everywhere all at once, and I need to watch the menu and Flux Gourmet. I think there's one more that just came on streaming that I've been waiting for. But 
I did watch Halloween Ends finally. Oh, so we'll talk God. About that. Yeah, we got to talk about that. So, of course, yeah. Banshees and The Menu are both on HBO Max. And yes. then... Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, and Nanny are both on Amazon Prime now. Okay, yes, yes. And I also thought it was interesting for anyone because uh, Top Gun Maverick has been nominated for a lot of stuff. Uh, it has... My. Sorry, I didn't see it. Uh, didn't I've see heard it. actually really, really good things about it. Um, that's one of the ones I'm planning to watch in the coming weeks. It's on Paramount+. Plus. And then, for you fun, my fun people out there, Argentina 1985 shortlisted for the Oscars, so it's one of ten. It won international last night at Golden Globes. and It's, it's on- called Argentina 1985? Mm-hmm, and it's on Prime Video. And the last thing I will tell you guys, so because I was just doing my Oscar search, trying to see where what was streaming where... Uh, when you go to the well, it shows that it's coming soon to Apple TV. They don't have the date, but it's going to be streaming on Apple TV soon. Oh, I want to see that so badly. Yeah. Um, oh, it's coming to Sidewalk Film Festival. <gasps> really? When? This week. It is? The 13th okay. through, like, I think the next week or two. Okay. It, I just saw it pop up okay. on their Instagram. Awesome. If you're local to Alabama, Sidewalk Film Festival is, like, I think the only indie. Yes. Like, art house. That I know of. We're supposed to get an Alamo Draft House, and I'm an, I'm both excited and upset because I really like Sidewalk, and it's the only like film festival in Alabama. Yeah, and they have a film festival, but they have a cinema as well. It's a really great cinema, and they are like where we got to go see uh, the Lamb, and we got to see Teton mm-hmm. and the Northman. Although the Northman was playing other places, and the but- worst person in the world. And the worst person in the world. The worst person in the world. I love that movie. I love that this is this has been these last couple of years have been the first years of my life that I've been really trying to watch more international films and I've been very yeah. pleasantly surprised. Yeah, they've been really good. Yeah. Worst person in the world, like not only made me laugh, but I bawled my eyes out you in the did. theater. Yeah, you I was because so, like, it's like some there were some lines that were said that were things that I've literally said in my life that are just heartbreaking moments from my life, and I was just like, oh my god, it's me. It's not really me, but. It's a good movie. Y'all should see Especially if you're a millennial. Yeah. Or a young adult and you're kind of, if you've ever floundered through what the fuck am I going to do with the rest of my life. Great movie for that. And it's on Hulu streaming still. So it's available yeah. right now to I think stream. Titan still is. And Lamb is on, A24 puts all their stuff on Showtime. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, a big reason I keep my Showtime subscription is I'm like, and I like Dexter. And so sometimes I just want to watch Dexter. Yeah. You know, is it is Six Feet Under Showtime or oh, HBO? HBO. It's HBO. Yeah. Just Michael C. Hall. So Yeah. Like, oh, no. God. Six Feet Under. There's- Weeds is also great. Although I never finished Weeds, but the first few seasons are fantastic yeah. on Showtime. But Six Feet Under, I've watched the first season. I need to finish it. Six Feet Under, good. I will stick by this fact. Uh, there has yet to be a series finale to me that's as beautiful and impressive as Six Feet Under's finale was. It has the best finale I've ever seen in a TV show. Well, I love the, what's her face plays the mom. Oh my god. Oh, American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. Francis. Francis. Mc- McConnell? Francis, right? McConnell? Francis McConnell sounds yeah. right. You guys know... Yeah. It's the lady with the red hair. So it's fun. Myrtle Snow. Ryan uh, Murphy was given a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Golden Globes. And it's like for 25 years, I'm like, oh, it hurts. It hurts because I keep forgetting that like Nip nip Tuck and stuff is that old. Oh, I forgot he was involved with Nip Tuck. Yeah. I thought 
he was only involved with Glee. I thought Glee was where he came out of the... I almost said closet. I mean, he came out of the closet before that. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Came he, out of the woodwork. The I woodwork. didn't realize he also did the film adaptation of the Normal Heart. I had no idea that was him. Normal Heart, if you don't know what the Normal Heart is, it's it's about the AIDS epidemic. And next to Angels in America, it's probably the most important play about the AIDS epidemic. And that's what's crazy because, you know, the big thing is, is that um, Tony Kushner uh, co-wrote The Fablemans with Steven Spielberg and he did the adaptation West Side Story. And of course, every time I think of Tony Kushner, I think of Angels in America. Of course. Yeah. And Larry, didn't Larry Kramer write Normal Heart? That sounds right to me. I think it was Larry Kramer. Yeah, so the 2014 film was directed, you're right, played by Larry Kramer. I mean, Normal Heart really, there's a part where there's like, there's mostly all men, and then there's one female doctor who's treating all these men with HIV, and it's, she's so frustrated because just nobody cares. Yeah. It's just really disturbing, which is why I need to finish the most recent season American Horror Story because they were doing some interesting juxtapositions with like the AIDS epidemic and also the torso murders in New York and the murder with the guy the murders with the guy from um the exorcist like the the guy the serial killer well we don't know if he's a serial killer he yeah serve his time and no one knows where he is now so he could be killing people again um we only know that he killed one person for sure but highly suspected he was the culprit anyways and that all interests me, but, like, I didn't, like, get super... I, I didn't finish it. I watched, like, the first three episodes, and then I stopped. Well, I was going to say, I so, I thought... That, I could have sworn they said uh, they were giving Ryan Murphy the award because he'd been doing film for 25 years. Now, Nip Tuck did premiere in 2003, but curious enough... Years. Yeah. So, but curious enough, when... And then he did a show called Popular that was 99-2001, but looking at... And this is this is the first time I'm seeing this. So, showing filmography, and the to-be-announced coming up, he's doing a chorus line, American uh, Love yeah. Story, American Love Story, and American yeah. Sports Story. God bless. I didn't know it was going to be, like, a whole... I was like, what? I didn't know. Uh, now, Amer- American Crime Stories are really, really good. Like, yeah, because they're limited series. Yeah, so maybe the American Love American Sport is going to be limited series too. I have no interest in American Sports Story. I don't even think I have interest in American Love Story, and I have nothing against love. But Ryan Murphy, God, take fucking vacation. Sorry. I mean, I just feel like he's everywhere, and I like him, but I feel like his quality is not I great thought it was very interesting. Anymore, he's spreading himself out. Uh, so obviously he had Monster and uh, The Watcher on at the same time, which were both pretty big shows on Netflix. But obviously Monster broke some records. And I mean, Monster was definitely better done than The Watcher. I liked The Watcher, yeah. but it was like definitely a, almost a throwaway project. That's what I mean with him. Yeah, he does like he puts all of his effort into one thing. Like he doesn't. Nobody is that good to spread themselves out this much and be perfect with everything. But that's what, like, I see a lot of potential in Ryan Murphy. But because he does so much stuff, some of his works are kind of disappointing. Like, they seem really cool, but then, like, you have the end of American Horror Story Season 10. Yeah. Right? That was Season 10 with the aliens, right? Yeah, it was. But you know what? I can't help but think, and I think, I mean, you've had this conversation before where I'm just, like, more and more... I'm getting interested in limited series versus series that are ongoing because limited series have a tight beginning, middle, and end. And you Mm -hmm. have so many of these shows that most really great shows, I feel like they have a five-season arc. 
But once yeah. they hit six, seven, eight, nine, it's kind of off the rails a little bit. The only show I think that was good with the sixth season was Sex and the City. And it was the last season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. You know, they were, because they had Samantha cancer. with cancer yeah. story. And then they had Miranda getting married and Steve's mom getting sick. Oh, yeah. That was and hard. And then they had Carrie dating Mikhail Baryshnikov's character and finally getting together with Mr. Big. So, spoilers, um, and Charlotte having a baby, yeah, or adopting a baby, mm-hmm. you know, with Harry, and yeah, it was great, but they were wrapping everything up, and then they did two movies, and now there's a new series. We don't talk about that. But you know what? I will admit, I will admit. I mean, I'm going to watch the second season. Okay, <laughs> I have to admit, this is awful to admit, um, How I Met Your Father is not a good show. Uh-huh. It's not, not a good not, show. Not even touched it. But I still plan to watch the second season. I know it's not good. I don't know. I just sometimes I just need it. Like <laughs> I just need it. So Okay. I'll I'll segue into some stuff I've been watching. Okay. Which is not horror well, it kind of is horror related, but not in the way we want to talk about. <laughs> so hi Elizabeth and Kat if you're listening. Because my my two of my closest friends, um, Kat and Elizabeth, every time I would get together with like all my friends and they would talk, like one thing was universally true. They would start talking about real housewives, specifically New York and Beverly Hills. Although they watch all of them. And it's one of those things where like I would just tune out of the conversation because I didn't watch it. Well, they finally got me. And I started watching Beverly Hills and New York. And I got to the episode called, the episodes called Scary Island. That's not actually the name, but everyone refers to it as Scary Island. And it is a guilty pleasure, I will say. It is very interesting to watch people just turn to complete train wrecks. Especially people that have all this money and wealth. But I was watching Real Housewives. And in New York, it's very much all of these married women... With most of them with kids. And then there's Bethany Frankel. And I think Bethany Frankel's gotten a little, eh, not, people aren't the biggest fan of her anymore. But in the beginning of the series, she's the only single person. She wants to get married, but she's gotten engaged like three times and never gotten married. And she's like just trying to like survive. And she's not as rich as everyone else's. She's like trying to start her own business. And, and she's like a self-starter and stuff. And she's a chef. And, you know, she's the person that invented, like, the skinny girl margarita stuff. That chick. It's, it's everywhere now. I was like, I relate to Bethany. Because, like, I'm like, that's me. Like, I'm just trying to make it. She, just her and her dog. But I've been watching that. So, Scary Island, if you if you know, you know. It's season three. And this one woman, Ramona, is like, hey, everybody. I'm renewing my life this year. So, let's all, like, go on this yacht in the Virgin Islands, and then rent this giant villa in the Virgin Islands on an island, and it'll be a great girls' trip. And Bethany just buries her, had just buried her estranged father, just found her pregnancy, that she was, like, in her late 30s, so she wasn't going to announce it. She hadn't even told her friends, and Perez Hilton leaked it on the internet before her first trimester was over, which is just a big no-no. You don't tell anybody until that first trimester. I'm sorry, before her first trimester was over. And this girl, Kelly, 
I am not a Kelly fan. I'm just saying. No hate to her. But this girl, Kelly, is like, she's a model. Uh, and she was married to this really famous photographer. And she and Bethany just never get along. She's like brought on in the second season. And she's like kind of like younger and more fun loving. But like she's just a train wreck. And it's not really her fault. Like she's going through a lot of stuff behind the scenes apparently. But like she's obviously not processing a bunch of trauma. And so it just comes out of her being a crazy person. And they go to Scary Island. (laughs) And she keeps needling Bethany. And and the whole first two seasons that she's on it, she keeps saying Bethany's so mean to her. And she keeps making Bethany out to be the bad guy. And then she finally does it on a boat where she can't get Bethany alone. So everybody starts seeing it. And they're like, oh, my God, Bethany's been right this entire time. <laughs> and Bethany's, like, pregnant, sober. And Kelly is trash. Anyways, at some point, Bethany just goes, oh, my God, she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And Kelly just starts screaming the name Al Sharpton, Al Sharpton. And it's, and she just starts, she goes, and then there's a point where she's just like eating jelly beans and she tells Bethany, you're not a chef, you're a cook. And she's like, I went to culinary school. And she's like, well, you've never cooked for me. And she's literally like in the middle of cooking them dinner. Anyways, it also, the man who owns Hooters, his yacht is next to their yacht one night and they end up going to the Hooters boat. So Bethany leaves the craziness that's going on on their boat to, like, get a breath of fresh air. And, and she's, like, and again, she's totally sober. So she's, like, man, I wish I could drink. Because this is just, because she's pregnant. So she can't drink. And she's, just like, I this is so much. And this other woman, um, Sonia Morgan, who I think find hilarious, is just, like, I just want to see. They keep leaving her alone with Kelly. Because she's, like, the newer one. And she's very nice. And so they keep all, like, leaving Kelly with Sonia. And Sonia's like, I just wanted to see a Hooters girl. Where's a Hooters girl? Where are they? I want to see a hot Hooters girl. And they're, like, they're right there. She's like, oh, my God. They're, like, literally standing two feet from her. Anyways, highly recommend. If you just want to turn your brain off and laugh at rich people being idiots, you know, Real Housewives all the way. I was, like, a really big fan of Jill, too. But then Jill and Bethany get into a fight. And there's Countess Luann. She's a countess at the beginning of the series. And then she and the Count get divorced in season three. And eventually she got remarried and then divorced again. But she had to give up her countess title when she got remarried. But so she's technically still the countess. She records a song about you can't buy class. And she's not the worst singer. But she has like a very like rudimentary grasp of hitting notes. She's sliding all over the place. She's not very confident. It's like, remember in Les Mis, when the movie version, when um, Russell Crowe was singing Stars, and it sounds like he doesn't know how to sing because he's just nervous. It's like that. Like, not strong. But the guy is just like, that's amazing, Countess. Keep going. It was hilarious. It was great. I love it. I love listening to people badly sing with confidence. It's great. And karaoke, I love it, like, genuinely. But, like, when it's, like, a rich person... Who's trying to sing. Anyways, so I've been watching Real Housewives of New York and Beverly Hills. I feel like I have to start sex, salt, salt, sex Lake City. <laughs> salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Because uh, one of the people just got arrested. I think it's Salt Lake City. Yeah. And she's serving time in federal prison. And then one of the women that are currently Beverly Hills, or she was, I think they just got a new cast for this season. But she, uh, her husband... 
frauded a lot of people out of money. And there was something about how she had earrings that he bought with the frauded money. And she's wearing them, like, for a whole season of Beverly Hills. And people are like, it's the earrings! But yeah, Jen Shaw got arrested and she just, she pled guilty, but she just got sentenced, like, today. Or yesterday. And she's going to spend time in a federal prison. And that's strange. That was my rant about reality television and pop culture. Did you want to talk about the Golden Globes a little bit? Because I didn't get to watch last night. Because it was my grandma's birthday. Aww. But what were your highlights? What were your favorites oh. that won? So, okay. So the first win of the night, though, was uh, Kihei Kwan won uh, for... <gasps> Yay! He won Best Supporting Actor for... Uh, in a, so Golden Globes, I'll say real quick. Golden Globes, unlike the Oscars, they're set up into two different categories. Well, three technically. So there's yes. the film categories. There's the TV categories. And the film categories is always like... Best Supporting Actor in a Musical or Comedy and Best Supporting Actor yeah. in Drama. So he won Best Supporting Actor in a Musical or Comedy for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And when he went to the stage, he started crying. So... Data, don't... Wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Data. Yeah, yeah from I the was Goonies. Like, yeah. Data was cool as shit. Yeah. Still is. I know. I love, I love him. Like, he is, like, one of those, like, genuine persons. Like, I've seen a few interviews with him. And, you so know, sweet. he always says, like, you know, like, I'm so thankful to Steven Spielberg and George Lucas for, like, everything they ever did for me. But he's, like, he got really into working behind the camera because he was, like, there wasn't really a lot of mm-hmm. opportunities for Asian actors. And he's, like, I didn't want to stop acting. But he's, like, because of that, I just kind of worked behind the camera. And he has yeah. saw Crazy Rich Asians in, like, 2018. And for the first time. I to watch that movie. Oh, it is really good. That's just another yeah. reason for me to watch. Yeah, it's really, really really good like the hype is there um but he said for the first time in decades he got a a agent and he said incidentally oh my god he didn't have an agent for decades that's he's so talented he is yeah he was an insinio man with uh with uh brendan fraser too which has been so <laughs> long since i've seen it all i remember is that he was a i saw it at a very young age yeah i can't remember if i'd seen george of the jungle first Anyways, if if it was either that movie or George of the Jungle, Jungle, where I just absolutely fell head over heels for Brendan Fraser. Oh yeah, I mean, whew, huh, and then the Mummy happened. Oh my god, did he win for the whale? He did not. So Austin Butler won oh. for Elvis, and so <sighs> that's the thing Sorry. that's going to be very very well. So Austin Butler got up there, and I was like, holy shit! Like, because like even the way he talks is just—he's still talking like Elvis. It sounds like Elvis, but I had completely forgotten. Like, I had no idea Austin Butler played Tex in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, and I completely—I was just like, what in the actual fuck? Um, but Elvis—he's going quote unquote method. Yeah, but you know what? Daniel Day Lewis stops talking like the guy from. What is, what is his character? There will be name blood. In? There will be blood. Uh, oh my god! Uh, milkshake. Uh, is it I Daniel? drink your milkshake. Um, he stops talking like that when the I when the filming out. ends. Austin. Yeah, and that's the thing. I will admit, I haven't seen enough movies or interview with Austin Butler, so I really need to do my research a little bit better. But there was that whole Golden Globes controversy too, where Brendan Fraser was like, right. "Even if I'm nominated, I won't be I'm attending." Not going. So I don't because he got sexually assaulted by someone in the 
press, yeah. and then he told them, and they blackballed him. Well, that's my thing. So I blacklisted. I'm not trying. So I have yet to see the well. I will be seeing it soon. I do plan to watch yes. Elvis this weekend. So I really cannot, like, in my opinion, attest to their acting in either yeah. movie. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it had something to do with that controversy. Maybe it's just the Hollywood Foreign Press Association did like Austin Butler's performance. Did did the did Blonde get? Nominated for anything? Anna de Armas did get uh, nominated for uh, Best Actress in a Drama Film. She lost to Kate Blanchett for Tar, which I knew was coming. Because well. everyone that's been talking about Tar has been talking about Kate Blanchett. And I just well, knew. She's fucking awesome. I knew in my heart. I love Kate Blanchett. I just knew in my heart. I'm like, it's going to be between Michelle Yao and Kate Blanchett for the Oscar this year. And I haven't seen Tar yet but i keep feeling yeah. like tar is gonna be like the physical acting. she beat michelle no, Yao. michelle won for uh in a oh, musical comedy. Or comedy yeah okay good because i was like i thought she won something yeah she won for musical. i or kind comedy. of like that they do that for golden globes honestly yeah like i prefer it's a little more even footing even though the golden globes the organization sucks because of Brendan Fisher and other things they've done. Yeah, well, that's a allegedly that's the thing that kind of is I I don't know. So I I like I said I knew it was probably gonna be Michelle and Kate for the Oscar. So I think from my understanding is that Kate has more of like a technical performance, but then Michelle has so much heart and everything everywhere all at once. She's just always been a good. She actress. is like I mean like, I love her memoirs of a geisha. That's yeah. what I was about to say. I was like, oh. I can't remember yeah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon very much, but it was a huge movie. Mm-hmm. I remember when it came out. I was just very young, but I own Memoirs of Vacation. Mm-hmm. I love that movie, and she's fantastic in that. She is, and like she just stood out. Like I was just like, this woman is awesome. So when I heard she was doing everything everywhere all at once, I was like very excited because she is another actress who like she's been working. Yeah. Luckily. Pretty successfully, but in um in American films, like she's usually been in a supporting role, and I was like, she's a leading actress, kind of. She and is. Need to give her more leading lady movies. Although I think much like Jennifer Coolidge, who just got to do The White Lotus for two seasons, like I feel like I don't know where do you go from here because they both had, and it it has been a year of comebacks, which I appreciate. Yeah, Michelle Yao. Um, there's data. Uh, oh God, why that? Ki Ki Kwan. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's like I we just said it. My brain thought no, there's okay. Brendan Fraser. I honestly am not a big fan of rewarding Austin Butler. This sounds really mean. I I need to watch the movie because maybe yeah. this will change my mind. But I have a problem with method acting being rewarded because I think it's very mentally unhealthy for actors and performers. I don't think you need it. And even people like Daniel Day-Lewis, who quote-unquote are method actors, don't do it outside no, of I didn't, their filming. I didn't know that he was method for Elvis. Did you hear that somewhere specific? Well, he's still talking like yeah, Elvis. He didn't talk like that before. He didn't talk like that before. Okay, so that's the main thing. Is what I've, okay. okay, I haven't watched that much of his stuff. Okay. But that's been... Everyone's been like, he won't stop being Elvis. And someone was like, did they give him a Golden Globe so he would stop talking like Elvis? Yeah. He's, like, living like Elvis. He thinks he is Elvis, apparently. He doesn't actually, but, like, he... And maybe maybe when he's at home with his family, he's perfectly normal. Or maybe he just got so used to talking like that and he liked it. Yeah. That's fine. I just find that's not really mentally healthy. You're living in a fantasy land. 
And, like, I, it can really destroy people's lives. I mean, it definitely destroyed Heath Ledger's life. Like, I mean, he put way too much of himself into the Joker performance. And I'm glad he got rewarded because he should have been rewarded for Brokeback Mountain. But I'm glad he did get an Oscar post posthumously. Yeah. But I hate that they're rewarding method acting because I don't think it's something that should be encouraged the way those people are doing it. Method acting is not actually living like the character in real life. It is taking your as if and imagining it and experiencing that for the camera or on the stage and maybe getting some life experience, yes, but the method is not living like the person. Look, yeah. look, look fucking Jared Leto. Yeah. Was method. It's an excuse for now, lazy actors. I do want to bring up, so best... In my opinion. I was very excited because best actor in a musical or comedy went to Colin Farrell for Paldrick and uh, Banshees of Insurance, which I absolutely... Oh, I love Colin Farrell. But I need oh, to watch the movie still. I love this fucking movie and I am so happy because it was like I've, I I was happy that I was nominated and it took home it so it took home uh it took home best screenplay last night it took home best actor and it took home best picture so it won over everything everywhere at once for a musical or comedy weird yeah, and, but surprising it was so I was like well damn but one of my favorite moments uh of the night so the Golden Globes, uh, just like the Oscars, I hate it because they're giving these people less than a minute to speak. And I know they're on time crunch. They're trying to get done by a certain time. I get that. But you feel like you're literally like 45 seconds into a speech and they start playing the music. And so Colin, Probably are. Colin's like thanking people in the cast and crew. And without missing a beat, he's like, you can just quit it with that piano. And then he goes straight back into thinking, to, to like <laughs> thanking. And I... Loved it. I loved it. It was so He's like so without missing a fucking beat. He said that like he acknowledged it was happening and then went right back to where he was. Good for you, Colin. But then true performer. Afterwards, you know, like it was a award or two later, they rewarded uh, Michelle Yao for actress in a comedy or uh, musical, and she they started playing her off, and she's like, "You need to stop playing because I can't kick your butt. I can." Like you know, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, did you see the movie? Yeah, Crouching Tiger hidden dragon baby well even and it's so funny because i think like colin farrell like gave everyone else like the kind of gonads to say something about the music because right. austin butler was like hey can y'all like at least play suspicious minds or something like to play yeah. me off i did see one thing i liked on tiktok was one of the i don't know if he was the host or i didn't get his name it was an actor that looks vaguely familiar to me but i couldn't place him he had a bunch of Golden Globes in his Yes, arms, the three. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the host. He was like, oh, I found these three Golden Globes. Tom Cruise had returned. <laughs> you think we could trade them in for the well-being of Sally Miscavige? Shelly Miscavige? I was like, ah! Because Leah Remini reposted it. And I was like, oh, yeah, because that's one of the leaders of Scientology's wife who literally hasn't been seen in public for years. Wow. That might be dead, might just be in forced seclusion. Wow. So I was really glad. And then you notice the people in the Golden Globes didn't go laugh at it. Yeah. Because one, they either know or they're in Scientology and they're afraid to laugh. Yeah. I was like, 
I can't remember who that. I didn't. I didn't know that guy. I feel bad. He's up. a comedian, and I know like the opening thing he did for the Golden Globes was basically like you know like I know y'all hired me just because I'm black and like so <laughs> that was his his sense of humor. So I have to admit his sense of humor was very dry. But I am also a very hard person when it comes to comedy. I don't really laugh and. I gotta be honest, with most of the award show hosts, I haven't had one that's really made me laugh or greatly amused me in years. So I'm yeah. probably a tough crowd when it comes to that. But he kept, and I did notice this, so there was multiple times he's like, okay, I need y'all to shut up. And he, the first time I said it, okay, I was like, oh, he's a little abrasive. But then after the third or fourth time they came back from a commercial break, you could hear people having multiple people having like conversations and you could hear the kind of the conversations and the mics were picking oh, up. Oh, he's on Saturday Night Live. Okay. Which I don't watch anymore. He was also in Neighbors and his name's Jared Carmichael. Okay, thank you. But he also had his own show called The Carmichael Show. So I, I've i never seen him in anything though. Yeah, and I just, I feel kind of bad. Oh, he directed and starred in a movie called On the Count of Three in 2021. Oh, he hosted Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he looked familiar, but I wasn't I wasn't familiar enough with him that I was like, oh, he's that guy from this project. Oh, I did want to say this. So, uh, best original song last night, there was all like, you know, there was like Lady Gaga had done a song for Top Gun. And then uh, Rihanna had done a song, I think. Lady Gaga, you know better than that Gaga. Gaga. Uh, but best original song was actually for the movie RRR. I was telling you and Ryan about. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a, there's an Indian movie uh-huh. that called RRR, and apparently it's amazing. Yeah, we might we might be watching it soon. Oh, it's that one. There's two of them. Yeah. So no. Uh. A- so RRR was the one that I was telling you about in Brom Shiva Brom I think it's Brom Shiva. was the one Ryan was talking about. Yeah. So or Brahmin shot Bra- maybe Brahmin shot. What was the light? Brahmin what was Shiva? the light like that? He was he was one of them. Astra. Astra. Okay. Brahm Astra. Oh, Brahm Astra. Not, wasn't it? They have Astras, which are like project light projections, but they are other things. It's basically like the Indian equivalent of apparently because I haven't watched it yet. The Avengers. Yeah. But we might be watching that because we actually do have a lot of listeners in India, and like we've been looking for an Indian movie to watch but there's not a lot of horror films that come up when i search indian horror films there's not a lot it's mostly because indian movies are usually bollywood and so there's usually like dance numbers and i don't know maybe it's not as maybe horror isn't as big in india as it is well we have a lot of listeners there, so i feel like it must be but maybe bollywood doesn't like make straight horror movies you know i don't know maybe we'll figure out I don't know, but that's something we want to do this season is, like, maybe watch a couple Indian films because we do have a lot of listeners in India. And we're, like, we've been trying, but unsuccessfully. So if y'all know, please let us know. You know what I actually got to watch, speaking of foreign films? What did you get to watch? I finally got to watch that movie Speak No Evil. Okay. That was all over. It's on, I believe it's on Shudder. Um, and it is a Dutch and Danish film. It kind of reminded me of The Invitation. And, like, a vacation horror film. So, basically, this family meets this other family. One of the fam- I can't remember which family is which, but one family is Dutch and one is Danish. And they both speak English, but they don't speak 
each other's languages, but they communicate through English. So part of the movie's in English, part of it's in Dutch, part of it's in Danish, but they subtitle it. Um, so basically, they're on a family vacation with their daughter, and there's this couple who have this little boy who is functionally mute because um, he was born without part of his tongue, and or so they say. And the they, like, befriend them, and the guy's like, oh, I'm a doctor, and yeah, and then, like, the family writes them a letter. It's like, hey, come see us at our summer house. And the wife is like, it's kind of weird to go stay at someone's house that we just met. And, but the husband's like, no, it would be rude. And this seems like fun. So they go to the house. And then, like, things are just off. And the wife keeps trying to leave. And the husband doesn't want to be rude. And things just get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And there's a lot of awkwardness. Like, you would probably hate part of it because it's a lot of just, like, how uncomfortable can things get before enough is enough kind of thing. But it has a genuinely chilling ending. And I really enjoyed the filmmaking. Um, and I was really glued to it. So highly recommend. I don't want to spoil it, but it was really good. Go in as blind as you can to that. I also watched the documentary This Place Rules on HBO, which, okay. So I was really excited to recommend this because I really like Channel 5 on YouTube where Andrew Callahan a journalist uh, goes into the field and talks to all these people about their conspiracy theories. And he seems to really listen to them and help them out and all this stuff. And it was a really good documentary about the lead up to January 6th, not really about January 6th, the insurrection, but the lead up and how the media, you know, whether it was a liberal or conservative, how, because they were taking a hard stance, either right or left kind of, caused these echo chambers and it let people like you know believe in QAnon stuff and like go crazy very interesting documentary i really liked it however literally like two days ago uh several women came out and said andrew callahan is a sexual harasser and possibly in a it's okay i don't know when these happened everyone involved was drunk and i'm not making an excuse i'm just saying this is the setup I personally find the women's stories to sound very credible because they're not like he was pestering them. And like in one case, she gave in and slept with him. But like that's not that's coercion. It's not consent. And then the other woman, like he literally like stuck his hand down her pants and then allegedly took her hand and stuck it down his pants because he just wanted to have sex. And they had dated previously. And she's like and she was like giving him a ride home. She's like, we're not having sex. I'm just giving you a ride home. And he wouldn't take no for an answer. Allegedly very drunk. Uh, it makes me really sad because I really like him as a journalist. And I'm like, were the, it was more like the Louis C.K. thing where it's like, it was very gray. So, like, I don't think it's something that he couldn't learn from. But he needs to acknowledge the fact that he's harassed and... In my opinion, I I, find, I think putting your hand on someone's pants is without their permission when they've told you several times. I think that is sexual assault. Right? I mean, I would think so because they're saying no. Like, they're telling you to stop yeah. doing it. And it sounds more out of desperation than predation. I'm not trying to... I'm really not trying to give him an excuse. I'm just saying, like, I do think that just thinking, like how dating was when we were in college there were the one time someone tried to sexually assault me i thought for years that i had just been too flirty with this person 
But the thing is, like, I never gave consent, and I never said, yeah, let's have sex. I didn't say anything like that. I was flirting with someone, but that doesn't mean you can have sex with me, you know? And it took me years in talking to therapists to be like, oh, so much hard to sexually assault me. Wow. It's not funny. I'm just saying, like, it took me years because I was so convinced that, like, oh, I probably did something. Because that's how they teach women. So I'm very proud of these women for coming up and being like, listen, great journalist, shitty person. Yeah. I'm like, fantastic. Oh, but was there anything else you want to talk about before we briefly talk about Halloween ends? So I think I basically barely last uh, time we did Psychotracks, I touched on Pinocchio. It's on Netflix. Yes. It won Best Animated Film last night. I thought it would. Yay! Uh, and so Del Toro... But I'm sad because I really liked... Turning uh, Red. Turning Red. Turning Red is good, but I had a feeling just because of the craft of Pinocchio, if nothing else, it probably yeah. won. Uh, so Del Toro said something perfectly that I, I agree with. He said... <gasps> what did he say? He saying? said, this movie is not for children, but children can watch it with you. <laughs> so I was like, there we go. Yeah, because I think it's I really him. fucking dark. Uh, but it's PG. That movie, but Pinocchio has always been a dark tale. I agree. That's the thing. I don't know why people were oh. like, this is for children. I was like, it is not. I hated so, it as a kid. I did not like that I movie. agree. Like, there's, like, very dark moments, even the Disney animated Pinocchio. But if you watch this, like, you will understand. Like, <laughs> it's, like, so yeah. dark. Um, But I love it. I do it. like the song. I've got no strings to hold me down. Oh, yeah. That's a cute song. Del Toro also said last night, he said animation is cinema. And I was like, yes, Del Toro. Um, yes, it, it is, is, Del Toro. So yes. this is this is your guys. I can't stop. This is your guys. I can't only with one hand, which is so stupid. Um, <laughs> this is your guys' reminder. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. It is really beautiful. It is very haunting. Uh, yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you guys in case you want to watch it. What's well, Pinocchio? Is it different? Uh, I mean, I mean, in parts uh, of it are different, but I mean, like, well, is it basically the same well, story? Well, see, the two stories I usually think of when I think of Pinocchio are Disney and AI. So, and yeah, it's very different than Pinocchio, and it's very different than AI. So, it has a more. I think it has a more humanizing ending, if that makes at all sense. Uh, I can't talk anymore. If it makes sense. That's okay. Yeah. It's, 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 it has a very... <laughs> Brittany's had a really rough yeah. break, y'all. Uh, yeah. It's been very stressful. I'm trying. We'll just the the words... You're here, and that's important. The words are in my mind. They're just not coming out the correct way. Um. Yeah, there's just all kinds of shit I would love to discuss and analyze. But like I said, I really don't want to ruin it. I want you guys to have a little more time. I want Katie to have a little more time to see it. Yes, I really want to watch it. Uh, I did watch Bullet Train. I can't remember if we discussed that at all. Oh, really? Did you like it's, it? I'm very on the fence uh, about it. It is one of those movies I, haven't watched it I yet, can but. understand. I can see why it's either going to be one of those. <laughs> why people like why it? Why people are either going to love it or hate it. Uh, Am I going to hate I, it? Okay. Um, I can see you going either way, honestly. I, I really okay. could. I liked Mad Max Fury Road, and I thought I would not like that movie. I was I watched it with my friend Elizabeth, and I was like, I hate action movies. But I was like, I like this one, though. I like, look at all the cars and the music. And blah, blah. Well, I also, I love seeing Aaron Taylor Johnson, and so he's one of the leads in this one. And, he's yeah, cool. he's he's awesome. Um, 
And this just, it's a really fun cast. Wasn't he in The Invitation? No. Isn't he the main no, character? No, that's, uh, he's kick-ass. Is that not the Because I was watching Bullet Train with my dad, and I kept saying, I kept saying kick-ass, because when my nephew was two, and kick-ass came out, that's what he kept oh. saying. He goes, kick-ass. That's really stupid. But anyway, uh, but my dad's like, who is he in kick-ass? So I was like, he's literally kick-ass. And dad's like, oh my god, I didn't realize it until he just said it. I was like, yeah, that was literally no, kick-ass. No, uh, it's just... It's not the same guy. I thought he was in the invitation. I is it whoever's in the invitation looks very similar to Aaron Taylor no. Johnson and also has long. They look. Oh, he's in Nocturnal Animals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's a great movie. That is a good one. Uh, Logan Marshall. Yes. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I knew it was like a three name guy, tall white guy, and they both have the kind of the same nose. Also, oh, the new invitation is streaming. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Too. It's on Netflix. It's on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So I will watch. Yeah, it. we're gonna try to watch it in the next <laughs> couple days because you know I love my Ma- my Natalie Emmanuel, aka Miss Sunday. So. Also, it just looked kind of fun. Like it looked stupid. Ryan but fun. liked it too because I remember Ryan said he saw it in theaters and he liked it. Yeah, yeah. but with Bullet Train, but that was really what funny. I will say. Bullet Train, the, yes. The com- Comedy, I love the comedy in Bullet Train. I actually did laugh out loud a few times, which is not common for me. Uh, it's just a fun movie. It's very much, there's a large cast of characters. There's a lot going on. But like, I mean, it's just, it's it's funny. And there's a lot, there's a lot of action and it's kind of silly. Not everything makes sense in the movie. So if you're one of those people that you're like, that would never happen in real life, probably not going to be the movie for you. <laughs> uh, but I, I liked it. I really, really did. My dad kept talking about it. And so I watched it with my dad while he was down here visiting and me and him laughed at the lot of the same things. And he's right. It, it's not just like Kill Bill, but it kind of has that same flair, aesthetic flair as volume one did. But going on to the next movie, because this movie was Korea's submission for international film. It's been shortlisted and it was nominated for a Golden Globe. Is it the Park Chan-wook It is, is Park Chan-wook's decision to leave. Where is it playing? So it's streaming on Mubi. M-U-B-I. So, I have to say... As far as filmmaking and editing, it's a fucking masterclass. It's a goat. Like, it is... Oh, he is It is amazing. Like, there's literally a POV shot of... It's through a dead man's eye and a bug... A ant crawls over it. Like, there's all (gasps) these, like... It's like... So, the lead character suffers from, like, insomnia. And so, a lot of the movie, like, parts of the editing is, like, a waking dream. Like, he's in a room. He turns around. He's in the interrogation room. So, like, the editing is beautiful. The actors are phenomenal. The story is one of the most frustrating stories I've ever seen in a movie. The ending... Mm is one of the most frustrating endings I've ever seen in a film. Oh, no. People love it. People, I, you know, so I do have to admit, like, I was talking to our friend Jonathan, and I was like, because I, I ended up texting him, like, six paragraphs worth of this, because, like, <laughs> the last time, because he, he had told me, and I'll segue very quickly, so Jonathan was the one that's like, you have to watch The Handmaiden, and he's like, I'm going to warn you, there's kind of an explicit sex scene in it. Oh, Yeah. I think we talked and about this. And I was this. just like, oh, that's... Some I movie. said, that sex scene wasn't too bad. And then I didn't realize there was a second sex scene. And that was the one he was talking about. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I will say, I will venture to say, I think Handmaiden is... Oh, okay, so I know Handmaiden is also based off of Fingersmith. I will say Handmaiden has the better story, in my opinion. So I was telling Jonathan, I was like, you know, 
you have to watch this movie. You have to get back with me. And he's like, he basically fought the exact same thing I did. Like, look, editing, directing, action, uh, acting, phenomenal. But the story, and especially the end of the film, like the first half of the film is very basic. It feels like it could be almost any other detective story. The second half of the movie, it gets a little bit more into what we would expect from a Park Chan-wook film. But then it's still just so maddening uh and i, I oh, yeah no. i i i don't know there's a lot of people that try to argue that they're just like but this is love this is love in all of its twisted ways and i'm like no that is not love but i will not go into that without spoiling oh, no yeah i will oh no well he did have the ending to old boy that's true that's true i will say i mean this ending is not as controversial as old boy's ending yeah oh, it's okay. not as well, controversial as old be. boy's ending so i mean but guys, I will still recommend people watching it because you may, you guys may take away something different than I did. Like I said, as far as far as filmmaking, it's a masterclass in filmmaking. I just wasn't, I did not like the story, and that's a that's a very interesting critical oh. viewpoint when you can love everything about a movie except for the actual story of the film. But I know that's a, I will get through real quick what else I've watched. So obviously, we are officially in the time of year where I just watch a shit ton of movies. That's just what I do because it's award season. Um, so I did watch Glass Onions, A Knife Out Mystery. I need to watch that this Bois Blanc. I love, I love, uh, Craig Daniel, uh, in the movie. It's a, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. I will say that for Glass Onion. And Edward Norton is in it. And he's a, he's, I, I won't spoil his character, but I love, I heard Edward Norton's a douche, but I do love the actor. Like, I, I usually I love think, other movies. I think and, he's pretentious. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's hard. I think he, it sounds to me like he's not a douche so much as he is very focused on his work and isn't very personable to work with so getting for the last little bit i did watch sorry to bother you which uh has latik stanfield it is on netflix it came out in 2018 it's a satire uh so basically this guy learns as he learns he can use he's a black man who learns to use his white voice in the call center and he raises up for the i didn't know that was yeah (laughs) yeah that's the thing and it's it's so funny because it's like it's not even like Lakeith like trying to do a white voice like they literally dubbed like the widest voice. So like it's very like <laughs> self-aware. So yeah, it's a comedy, uh but it has Tessa Thompson and has Steven Yeun. Uh it's I loved it. I thought it was great. Like most satires, it goes off the rails a little bit in the second half, but it's a very enjoyable watch. I think you guys should watch it. I think you love it. Uh so I also did I watched our next week movie, which we'll get to at the end of the what we're going to do next week. Mm-hmm. I watched Ikaru, which is Akia Kurosawa's uh, film that came out in 1952. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Nighy is currently in Living, which is a adaptation of Ikaru, but it's set in 1950s Britain. I will admit, I've only this is the second Kurosawa film I've seen. He's considered obviously one of the greatest directors of all time. He did Seven Samurai, yeah. uh, Yojim. Yojimbo, um, Rashomon is the only other one I've seen. I am not lying. There is a scene in Ikaru that it was like so powerful. I sat there and started crying while watching it. Aww. And it's just such a 
beautiful moment and i'll spoil it for you guys real quick so the premise of this movie is that this man who's wasted his life away working for bureaucracy if i can speak he's a bureaucrat he basically he finds out he's dying of cancer and he realizes he never really did anything with his life and so he becomes very attached to this young woman it's not romantic but it's, she's just full of life and so he's like always kind of surrounding himself with her because he's like I don't feel alive anymore. And she kind of gets weary of him. And she tells him, she's like, you know, I don't do anything but eat and sleep. And I'm like, me too, girl. Uh, she's like, but I do get, <laughs> she's like, I get enjoyment out of making these little toys because I feel like I'm playing with all the children in Japan when I make these toys. And he's like, there's nothing I can do at my office. It's too late. It's too late for me. And so there's the way this the scenes film is that they're in a restaurant and there's like a there's a bunch of like um like middle school or early high school children gathered behind them. And then he picks up the rabbit, the toy rabbit. He's like, I know what I can do. I know what I can do. And he goes down the staircase and he's holding this little rabbit and all these kids behind him are singing happy birthday. And so they're singing happy birthday. And he's like, I know what I can do. And then as he goes down, you see another young girl coming up. So they're singing happy birthday to the young girl that's coming up. But the way it's filmed, it's like you get the idea that it's like his rebirth. Like he's being reborn Aww. in this moment. That's why they're singing happy birthday. Um, oh, that's It's cute. such a perfect film i instantly like got cold chills and started crying so i really really enjoyed it Aww. i was like god this is what they talk about when they talk about kurosawa <laughs> being this great director so that was a good one i didn't expect he's fantastic yeah the last thing i watched was all quiet on the western front which is it was golden globe nominee for international film it was the german international selection and then it's shortlisted for um the oscars for international film all quiet on the western front is streaming on netflix it is the third film adaptation of the novel All Quiet on the Western Front. But this is the first. The first two movies were like one was American and the sec. It actually was. Um, it won Best Production in 1929, which is what we now know as Best Picture. The year 1929-1930. This adaptation, though, is the first one that's like a German film adaptation. And it's... It's a hard movie to watch. I feel that way again and again with war films is that... And they said the director of this one, he he said he wanted no glory. He just wanted to show like the horrors of war and how awful war is. And I, I kind of get what he's saying because you see movies like Hassel Riggs where it's like Desmond Doss saved all these lives. And then you see a movie like Saving Private Ryan where, spoiler alert, they saved Private Ryan. And in this movie, there's just nothing. It's just death and it's sadness. And so it's very, very bleak. Um, I will spoil one slight thing. I did not expect to watch a movie where someone, I you literally see someone run over with a tank. I can't always recommend war movies to people uh, and because they're very hard watches. However, you know, if you guys are inter interested in the international film nominations this year, All Quiet on the Western Front is available on Netflix. I think I'll probably skip that one. Yeah, the war, it's the thing about war movies is that they're really like, I feel like every war movie is really an anti-war movie. And every oh, war yeah. movie I've ever watched, I'll never watch again. Like, I'll watch yeah. them, but I'll never watch them again. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan, great. Never want to see it again. Never watch again. Yeah. Lives of Our Fathers scarred me for fucking life. Yeah. We'll see if it gets nominated for Best Picture. No, I don't think it'll be nominated for Best Picture. I think it will, I mean, it's already shortlisted for International, so I think... So I want to say, 
I want to say that, incidentally, I think the shortlist is, an, I think the actual nominees may also be announced on Tuesday, January 24th, because I know we were talking about that earlier as part of, like, um, Hamilton, too. Uh, Tuesday, January 24th, I want to say it may be the day they, they go from shortlisted to the actual nominees. I didn't so, know they had done the shortlist already, so. Yeah, they released the shortlist in December. I can't remember the oh, exact day. okay. Yeah, but it was, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front was one of the ten selections for shortlist but I think it may get one to fives but I think the Golden Globes are usually a good indicator for who but then again Lulana Yak in the Classroom did surprise everybody when it last year when it somehow and I loved it it was a great movie so I guess last thing to talk about before we have to get going I did finally watch Halloween Ends it was not as bad as I assumed it would be when we went and saw our friends Dalton, y'all know Dalton, and their lovely wife Sarah get married. It came up. Sarah was like, I didn't mind it. I kind of liked it. Dalton was like, I hated it. I fall somewhere in the middle. I, I loved the opening sequence. I was very surprised by it. And I was like, oh, shit. That's although I will say like. That's really bad babysitter behavior coming from a former babysitter. Right. If someone locks you in a room, don't kick in the door. Take the fucking hinges off. And if you can't do that, wait for the fucking parents to get home. I will say, I will say in his defense that people don't always logically think when they're panicking. That is true. But, like, I was like, they should have established that he was, like, claustrophobic or something before. Yeah. Like, because the, the... the level of panic was unrealistic. Anyways, that part was interesting. And I even didn't mind, like, this whole, like, trauma discussion of he's trying to move on and Lori's granddaughter's trying to move on and Lori's trying to move on. I was like, okay, that's fine. But then they got into that fucking sewer. Yeah. And Michael Myers just been chilling? Just been chilling? For four years? Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole magical, is the curse transferable? Yeah. Is it magic? And they don't explain it. And I'm like, you don't have to explain it, but, like, you can explain it a little bit, because what is your, is it magic? Is it, I don't, what the fuck is it? It was frustrating. But I didn't mind parts of the ending. Spoilers. I watched it the week, I watched it the week that Sarah and Dalton got married, so I may not remember it as vividly as you do. Um, but I just thought the dialogue was so awkward. Like, the way they were talking to each other just was just like, it was like, That's been you're, both of the, them that I saw. You're like me. I'm yeah. like you. Like, you know, like, it was just like, people don't really talk like this in real life. No. It felt totally unnatural. It was very, like, lackluster. Like, the ending yeah. was like, it was like the ending I wanted. But the way it was almost so stupid. Also, why did all those people know to come to the, like, garbage place? And that was the time for them to chant Evil Dies Tonight. I'm just saying, they missed an opportunity. Come on. You thought it was cool in the second movie? What was wrong, Danny McBride? You know, it would be funny if, like, one of them was, like, in the garbage. Like, they were like, Evil Dies Tonight. Evil Dies Tonight. And no one else did anything. And they just kind of, like, slowly looked at the ground and stopped. Like, saying it. 
That would have been a very meta kind of very funny meta because it was yeah. very. How did they not realize how stupid that sounded? Did Anthony Michael Hall's character get murdered in the end of the second one? I can't remember. I guess I he haven't did. watched it. But then, I... why was Kyle Richards even fucking in it? Speaking of watching Real Housewives, why was she even in the fucking third movie? She's like tarot card reading. She was in. She's a little girl. She's no, no, a little no, but, girl. But what? What was the point of her character showing up for this movie? Like oh. she had, she did stuff in the second movie. It was like the sh- isn't it just like reiterating like this is the sheer tragedy of Haddonfield. Like I that was the second tragedy. movie. Like she was just like chilling out tarot card reading in this movie. Is she like, the bar owner? Is she the bar owner? No, she was just at the bar last time. Um, Maybe okay, she I- is. I was like in and out of focus too because it was just so weird. I was also wrapping Christmas presents as I was watching okay. this. <laughs> I'm like, do, 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 do. Oh, look, someone got murdered. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, yeah, disappointing ending. I do like spoilers. Like, Lorian, the granddaughter, making it through. I was okay with that. I, that's the ending I prefer for Lori, because she's a survivor. The granddaughter I'm not attached to, but I don't really want to see her die. So yeah. I'm cool with that. The DJ kill was cool. With the tone oh, yeah. on the record. That was cool. Yeah, I thought, so that's what I was about. To, I think when me and you had talked about this a couple months ago, I was like, that was very graphic kill, the cutting the tongue. And then also the... There's so much the, blood. There's so much, the, there's a giant veins at the bottom of your tongue. It's like... But also the flame, the flame uh, death, like the fire death in the face. When was the fire death? I think that was Where, when I... I went to the it, bathroom at some point. <laughs> it was so, it's when the kids that are kind of being assholes to him, it's like a group of four kids. Oh, wait, yeah. no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. That was, but Very they graphic. also put it out of focus. Yeah, that's true. Happened. That's but true. it was good. It was good. The kills, and the kills in, in, in Halloween Kills was good. But it was just like the plot sucked. And the, and the writing dialogue sucked. I need to see the actual first one because it sounds like that one sounds better. But I feel like they just need like why did we need to do a trilogy? Like it got worse oh, and worse God. and worse and worse. You to know make the money, person, Armand. We need to ask Armand his opinion about this. Yes, Armand. Yes, because we were we wanted to talk about Halloween ends, but it wasn't streaming or or in theaters before we recorded our Halloween episode. So maybe this Halloween, maybe we talk about Halloween ends a year later. Yeah. Reflect upon it. You oh know. my god! Or maybe we have a super cut where Dalton comes on too, because Dalton saw it in theaters. Dalton was was very excited to see it. Yeah, so, I'm sorry it disappointed Dalton if you're listening. But I grew Sarah. At least it was entertaining. I just like I feel like there was some good horror in 2022, like X and Pearl. But I feel like. There's a lot of really bad horror, but maybe, like, I don't know, there, but there wasn't, like, a malignant. But yeah. Megan's coming up. Yeah, so. people, I mean, if we're a lot relying just on word of mouth, I haven't read critical reviews, but I've seen a lot of my friends on Facebook talking about they loved it. I've seen a couple um clips. It's pretty funny. Like, I don't know if it's intentionally funny, because I need to watch the whole movie. Because, like, malignant, you could tell what he was doing with it really easily but like megan i'm like i'm not i think it's supposed to be funny but 
I don't know. I'm ex- I kind of do want to see that one. But yeah, I feel like there were some disappointments this last year. Like maybe because Teton didn't come out. I mean, Teton and Lamb were really good. 2021 was a really good year for horror. But yeah, so I'm glad I finally did watch Halloween Ends. But it was just kind of lackluster. Well, anyways, I guess we need to talk about next week. Yeah. Our first official episode of the season review episode. And it's Brooke's pick because I picked Gremlins and that was the last movie we did. So I, me and Katie had discussed this a little bit before I actually picked this movie and she agreed it would be a very good start to the year. Because incidentally, it was nominated for two Golden Globes. What? Uh, so what? we, yeah, so we are doing the menu. It is currently streaming on HBO Max. It has yes. Ralph, Ralph Finnis. Finnis, is that how you pronounce Fines. Fines. Ralph Fines, Lord Voldemort himself. Uh, <laughs> Voldemort. And Anna Taylor Joy, who is yes. career is just skyrocketing. I mean, man, Anna Taylor Joy has made a name for herself in the last couple of years. And so. Nicholas Holt, originally yes. from About a Boy. So I'm excited. And it's like a dark comedy. It is, yeah. So. so it's it's a dark comedy satire, and it is it's pretty funny too. So I've seen it once. I'm excited to see it again, uh, to do our rundown of it. So yeah, so we are excited. So yeah, this is your um your cue, guys, to go ahead and watch the menu on HBO Max. So we Yay. will you'll be able to dis you know be here when we discuss it next week, next episode. Yeah. So excited for season four. Well, anyways, I guess we're gonna say good night. Yes. Get your. I need to get my booster. Get your boosters. Get your flu shots. I know COVID has resurged in our area. Wash your hands. Take your vitamins. Dress appropriately for the weather. Don't yeah. get frostbite. Thanks for listening and coming back for season four. And we do have some cool guests lined up for this season. Um, also, our uh, editor slash producer, Ryan, will probably be popping in more often because um, we've uh, synchronized our calendars. So um, we should have less rambling <laughs> and um, also another opinion. And we've got some guest episodes lined up. I'm not sure exactly when they're happening, but um, very excited. Some guests that we've been like working on for like six months and just schedules haven't been working out. So um, we're going to look forward to that and maybe do some more giveaways and stuff. I know um, we've got some giveaways pending. Be sure to watch the menu and thanks for coming back um, for season four. We love you guys. Stay tuned and thanks for listening. And now on to Brit. So, um, yeah, guys, uh, it's that time of year. Seasonal depression can hit hard. So, you know, remember, remember to do some things for yourself. Like, you know, if you like taking a hot bath, take a hot bath or watch a TV show that just makes you feel good. I feel like I'm, I, I can feel my body. I know the, like the weather's changing. Everything's changing because I feel myself get depleted a lot faster. Um, so be kind to yourself. It is a normal part of the human body that it kind of reacts to our environment and our weather. So if you're feeling a little bit less energized, that's okay. You know, just sometimes some people can do things they say scientifically. If you give yourself a high five in the mirror, it kind of gives you a jolt of energy. I haven't tried it yet, but you know, maybe it'll work <laughs> for you guys. Uh, so <laughs> right? Naps work too, and it's yeah. okay to take a nap. 
So yeah, guys, just uh, be easy on yourselves. Uh, take care of yourselves and each other. Drink your water. Uh, we love you so much. We appreciate you listening. And as always, we just look forward to seeing you next time. Um, same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Stay spoopy, spoopy y'all. y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye, Kitty. Bye, Kitty. Bye, 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 Ryan. Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.